Welcome to another episode of Two Speak Geek, coming at you live from the Bay Area in California. And Josh, uh, it's been kind of a rough couple of weeks for us, hasn't it? I'm, I mean, I don't want to get into anything too private, but, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of stuff's been going on. Uh, I can speak for myself. I've been struggling pretty hard over here, trying to hold down the fort with my kids and, you know, work and school and everything like that. How have you been, man? You know what, man? It's uh, it's been a whirlwind the past couple weeks. It's all. It just seems like uh, everything keeps falling apart. But we are in my favorite time of year, which is Halloween season. The weather's starting to cool down. We got nice skies, beautiful days, clean air. Dude, we got to make the best out of clean what we can, air, man. Yep. And and yep. just just to put a little more perspective on how cool everything is, we're like thirty days away from Xbox and thirty two days away from PlayStation. So like, I mean, we're gonna have to I just know. push forward, bro. I mean, that's what, every day I look at my timer on my phone. I look at my countdown. I'm super stoked. It's it's Halloween season, scary movies, cold weather, and pumpkin spice lattes, baby. Yeah, I had the uh, window open all day like two days ago and um, my kids and I were just out of nowhere we were like man when was the last time we could do that exactly dude you can't you can't like it's been so long I've had my window open at night I've just been I've been loving it man I've been living my best life that I can uh, with the windows open our uh, (laughs) our wildfires (laughs) here started in August like mid-August I can honestly say other than maybe one or two days uh, we haven't been able to regularly open our windows from August 16th all the way till now. You're right. We have not. This has been this has been the longest we've gone with clean uh, with clean air. Like if most of September we had more days of dirty air than we did clean air. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, that's all the craziness. Everything is uh, hopefully looking on the up and up at least as far as air quality goes. I mean, it's great. I've been uh, my kids learned to ride their bikes in the past two weeks. I mean, it's nice. been it's just great that they can actually play outside, you know, and it, stuff like that. Not that that's ever stopped them. They don't they don't really give a shit. <laughs> smoke. As much as I don't like them doing that, you know, they'll they'll insist on going outside. But at least now it's you know it's safer to do so. Absolutely. So. And you know, uh, anyways, let's get. Let's huh? do it. Nothing about it. You're right, man. It's nice outside, fresh air. It's good for him. Let's do it. Yeah. Yep. All right. Let's get started. Uh, we have. It's not a not a huge amount of news this week, but um, you know, I'm sure we can drag it out. Uh, there's lots to talk about, actually. Um, yep. The first thing that I want to start with is uh, the MCU Disney Plus show, Ms. Marvel. That uh, we we knew that was coming. That was confirmed like a year ago that it was eventually coming on uh, Disney Plus, but. We now have our official actress cast as Ms. Marvel, as Kamala Khan. I mean, we're getting it. Yeah. And they decided to go with an unknown. Uh, now, I think she's, like, truly an unknown. I don't um, I don't know of any other, at least, major thing that she's been on. But uh, congratulations to, and I'm going to butcher this name. I already know I'm going to do it. But Iman Vellani? Yeah, that's right. I think that's right. Does that sound about right? Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, she... Uh, Got the role of Kamala, and uh, that'll start on Disney Plus in 2021. No exact date yet. I don't even think they've started filming it. But uh, what do you think about this casting choice? <clears throat> Dude, I think it's dope. Um, this kind of goes back to what you and me were talking about before, like hopefully starting off younger, building characters, building base, building something over long term. Um, this actress looks the part. When I first saw her, it reminded me of 
of uh, the Marvel's Avengers video game, almost like they're casting more like the video game. And I don't know, man. I think it's going to be a cool casting. Um, Disney seems to be ramping up and investing a lot of money into their Disney Plus platform, into their shows. As they Um, should. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know if this is a way for them to solidify a base so when we start getting back to a normal life of seeing movies in theaters, you know, they're going to have this built up over a year of this fan base and they're going to launch this whole universe or what they're doing but I'm very excited about this Um, again we harked on this the last podcast I love the fact that Disney has this massive massive diversity thing that they're doing with their characters with their actors with their stories um, with everything and it's it's really 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 awesome and really inclusive I for one am excited about this I will tell you I did not know much about uh, Kamala Khan or this Miss Marvel um, aside from talking to you and playing the video game so I'm really excited to see where this goes and what they do uh, diversity aside I'm so glad and that because you know it wasn't that long ago when we were going to the theaters watching a Spider-Man movie with a 30 something year old Tobey Maguire <laughs> and pretending he's a senior in high school you mean to tell me know? that John Travolta wasn't 17 in Greece get the fuck out of here yeah, exactly <laughs> Shock and awe, right? right? Not even John Travolta, the guy that played, uh, what was it? One of his friends, I forgot his name, but he was clearly in his 40s. Oh, yeah, the oh, my, the, the the little short dude with the curly hair, with the curly, like, Italian fro. That's exactly the one. Yep. Yeah. The one who... The one who clearly not high schooler. <laughs> dude, I saw a picture of him the other day, and it reminded me of Not Another Teen Movie, where the old lady shows up pretending to be, like, an underage narc. And, dude, it's just, it's just like, come oh, on, man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we know you're not a high school kid, but it's amazing. It's great. Yep. But I'm really glad to see, I mean, starting with Tom Holland, I mean, yeah. he, just that these characters are supposed to be kids, and I'm glad they're actually casting kids, you know? Oh, dude, absolutely, man. I, I dig it. Um, I'm excited for this. I, I, again, I think that Disney's doing it right. They're not trying to... They're. I think that Hollywood in general and a lot of these places are trying to get out of that Beverly Hills 90210 phase where you basically have a bunch of 20, 30-somethings posted as high school kids. And and, and you got your, you know, your uh, scream where these kids were clearly in their 20s supposed to be playing. You know what I mean? So it's hard, but yeah. it works. But I think this way you're you're kind of giving a new audience so my kids who are, you know, young girls can look at this and be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense, you know, and not have to compare themselves to a 26-year-old trying to look like a 16-year-old. Yeah, I'm super excited about this because uh, I first got into Ms. Marvel when uh, uh, roughly around the same time I discovered uh, Miles Morales, which was what, like 2014, 2015? Yeah. Roughly around when the character uh, debuted in the comics. And she very quickly became kind of like the new... I don't know how to describe this because in the comics, Peter Parker's been an adult for a really long time now. And yeah. it's, you know, he's been married and he had his married or he had his marriage completely destroyed when I'm not going into all that. <laughs> so he hasn't been a, he hasn't been a kid in a really long time. And when Miles came along, it was kind of cool to have a kid as Spider-Man again. Yeah. And then Miss um, Marvel came along and just what you see in her character in the Avengers game, like the fangirl, and she writes fan fiction, and yes, you know, yes, she yes. participates in online message boards and stuff, and just this complete fangirl geek, that that was that came across very loud and clear in the comics, and it was so refreshing to have a character like that again. Right. And, you know, obviously you're going to have the, you know, everyone's very excited that we have more diversity, we have our first Muslim-American superhero and all that stuff. Yep. But that aside, just having something fresh and young again was really cool to see. And I'm glad that it's coming to a uh, 
you know, for lack of a better term, a different form of media in the form of, you know, a TV show and potentially movies moving forward. Absolutely. And I, and I think that um, if you look back, you could probably um, give a lot of props to this movement that we're seeing to the Duffer Brothers, because before, you know, Stranger Things, where everybody was child actors who carried that entire show, I can't really remember anything being as good with child actors who were cast at the right thing to do their job as well as those kids did. And I think because That's of the true. And, and if you think about the following that Stranger Things has and Eleven has and how that was and how it was cool for adults to rock a shirt that says Stranger Things, even though it's a show about kids. You, you know what I mean? So I think that now that Disney can totally. see that and that people aren't afraid. It's not a kid show. It is me. And I'll watch it with my kids. But, you know, it's OK to like it. It's OK to cast yeah. young children actors and do that. So because um, while you were talking, I was trying to think and I really can't think of it. I mean, the Goonies, you know, the kids were younger and that worked in E.T., but there's not a lot of TV shows. Maybe Harry Potter. Yeah, exactly. Harry Potter. And I think other than that, I mean, you're not. And, and again, Harry Potter was movies and the kids pulled it off in the first two movies. But you have these huge gaps in the third movie and the fourth movie where clearly Harry's older. And you can tell that these kids are getting older. But I don't know, man. I'm just oh, yeah. I'm just excited for it because I think that with a TV property, um, you can do it and get more and be able to draw out the arc of a character or an actor being younger and get more more time out of it than you could with say, you know, Tom Holland who's going to look visibly older in the next Spider-Man movie. Which we're going to get to in one second, but um, since this is going to be a Disney Plus series, I'm curious what storyline they're going to go with, because if you look at the very first story arc in the Ms. Marvel comics, it's batshit crazy. She gets her powers. She tries to hide it from her parents. She has to deal with, you know, high school and all that stuff like that. Yeah. But the villain in the first story arc is a villain called the Inventor. And what he does is he basically mixes technology with animals. So he's this humanoid body with a cockatiel head. Ooh, that's awesome. I'm kind of excited about this. Now, I... <laughs> I don't think they're going to use the inventor. I mean, there are some things that are just a little too weird and they don't translate well into live action. Oh, absolutely. You know, but um, I have a feeling it's going to be something along the lines of um, do you watch the Marvel Rising animated shorts on Disney Plus? No, no, I, I, no. OK, they're uh, they're really good. I, I think your girls will love them. I know my daughter loves it. My son as well. They're, they're little like 20 minute animated episodes. Cool. And it's about uh, the Secret Warriors. I mean, a team of, uh, what is it, Ms. Marvel, Squirrel Girl, Spider-Gwen, all these young heroes. And it's like a more teeny yeah. type show. Shuri's in one episode. Uh, Iron Heart's in one episode. Anyways, so they might go that kind of around. More of a like a high school, you know, like a high school type yeah. superhero show. Am I, I don't know if I'm making any sense. <laughs> no, 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 no. That is completely, um, which actually makes sense. Because I remember for the longest time before, um, earlier, earlier, a couple years ago, they were talking about doing a Squirrel Girl with Seth Rogen and Anna Kendrick because that was a huge thing they were working on. They wanted to launch like this. I remember this, that, yeah. Yeah, it was like a, a quote-unquote obscure side superheroes and how Squirrel Girl was supposed to be like the strongest one and all this other kind of stuff. And they kind of put the kibosh on that. So I think that maybe, like you were saying, maybe they're going to try to start something like that by bringing it in Miss Marvel who's going to pick up this nice following from the new Avengers game it's a property that people will know um, so why not I mean I think that's a great way to start it as opposed yep. to like a squirrel girl and then you could introduce them almost, almost the way um, the OG X-Men movie did where you got these people in class and you're just seeing glimpses of Jubilee in the back of a class or you know all yep. that kind of stuff and then you introduce them in as characters and 
you could do that and build a nice show over time with that. That could be dope as hell. I agree. So yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. It seems like uh, even with COVID shutting down a bunch of filming everywhere, um, seems like at least we're getting a lot of projects moving forward, including this next huge piece of news. Which uh, when it first came out, I honestly thought it was it was for lack of a better term, fake news. I, I just I never would have thought that this would happen again. But in the uh, <clears throat> excuse me, in the upcoming Spider-Man three. Uh, Jamie Foxx has been cast to return as Electro, which opens up a whole new realm of questions and multiverses and spider verses and everything like that. Yeah, it does. This is this is super exciting, man, for for a multitude of reasons. First of all, those amazing Spider-Man movies with Andrew Garfield, I wasn't feeling them. They weren't my thing. I know that they're there and there are people who like them. Weren't my thing. I also feel that Jamie Foxx, Jamie Foxx was just just uh criminally misunderused in the amazing spider-man 2 as electro jamie fox is a yeah, great i watched it just the other day and um I, when this news came out i went back and watched the movie he's only in like a fifth of the movie yeah that's just like paul if you, giamatti if you, if you really break down the plot of the movie he was in the beginning where spider-man saves in he's in that part in the middle where he attacks times squares then he's gone mm-hmm. for like an entire hour and then he shows up again towards the end where Harry pulls him out of the, what was it, that asylum, yep. Ravencroft Asylum. Yeah. And he's in that fight at the end for like five minutes, and that's it. He's, he's not really in the movie a whole ton. That seems to be a lingering Spider-Man issue that they finally kind of got figured out with the Tom Holland Spider-Man because you had the same issue yeah. in Spider-Man 3 um, uh, with Tobey Maguire where you've got Sandman just kind of hanging out. Um, and isn't the, is that the one where Paul Giamatti was in it or was that in The Amazing Spider-Man where he was Rhino and he was in it for... Uh, 11 minutes like you know so they that was amazing spider-man too he was in he bookended the movie he was in it for the first five minutes and the last five minutes right and i, and I remember seeing about this and you could see all these onset videos of paul giamatti as ryan and i'm like oh dude this is gonna be fucking dope and then it showed up and i'm like that's it that really that's what we did yep so um dude uh i'm kind of stoked about this man because like you said jamie fox he was just underutilized he wasn't used he's in there about a fifth of the time but he was dope and spider-man is one of those comics that yeah it's kind of grounded in reality but it does have this mysticism <coughs> to it like uh mysterio and then you have like these other world otherworldly people like craven and you have um like the the green goblin so Dude, I'm really excited to see what this can do with Tom Holland. And yeah, man, what do you think? I feel like I'm just rambling here. Well, um, this, <laughs> this, no, that's that's perfect. Um, that's, dude, seriously, what I need right now. <laughs> so, um, no, it's um, it's exciting because not only does Jamie Foxx returning as Electro, you know, open up the chance for him to play the the character a little in a little bit more meaty of a role, but obviously it opens up the whole question of a live action Spider Verse now because now you have J Jonah Jameson returning, or I'm sorry, uh, J K Simmons returning yep. as J Jonah Jameson. You have Jamie Fox coming back as Electro. Right. You have an actor from each of the previous Spider yep. franchises coming back in a live action capacity, and on top of that, the news just dropped that uh, Doctor Strange will be a part of yes. the third Spider Man movie. Um, assuming, I assume he's going to be playing, you know, the mentor role, kind of like yeah. Tony Stark did in Homecoming. Oh, but, yeah. you know, that aside, you have Doctor Strange, who I'm almost willing to bet my left nut on it, is going to be the one that's responsible for pulling the other Spider-Men 
into one universe because there are rumors flying around that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are in talks for a cameo. Yes. Now, here's what I started thinking. Is this going to be something where we're going to see a flashpoint like DC's doing because Marvel started to announce this after you get the Michael Keaton and the Ben Affleck who are coming back for the Batman with the flashpoint. So it almost seems like Marvel's like, oh shit, that's a great idea. Let's do that. So while I'm very excited about the Andrew Garfield and um, Tobey Maguire, in the back of my mind, I'm assuming we're going to get a quick glimpse cameo or, you know, like he's going to go through a multiverse and swing in and Tobey Maguire's going to be on a building or something, you know, like that's just kind of how I see it. So I'm not getting too hyped about that. Um, but Jamie Foxx coming in, I think, is a big enough name to be a center point and a centerpiece for yeah. that movie as the head bad guy, which gets me more excited to get more of a Jamie Foxx. Because so far, unless I'm mistaken, aside from Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio, who supposedly died, um, we don't have a bad guy for this new Spider-Man movie, so it would be Electro. Yeah, I mean, well, obviously, I, I think with each subsequent Spider-Man movie, I don't know how many they're doing, they're going to introduce a brand new bad guy like they've been doing. Um, I read somewhere, uh, obviously, these are all rumors. None of them have any basis other than, you know, the fact that we do know that Jamie Foxx is coming back and Doctor Strange will be part of it. But all the live-action Spider-Verse stuff is all oh, rumors. fuck. But um, I... I read somewhere that the talk is uh, it's just going to be a post-credit sequence where you see the three of them. Well, also you know how each, each of the each of the Tom Holland movies ended with a what the fuck moment. You had the first one, which ended with him standing in a suit, and Aunt May goes, "What the fuck?" Yeah. And you have the second one where um, J.K. Simmons uh, reveals his name. You know, Spider-Man is Peter Parker. He goes, "What the fuck?" Yeah. So the theory is that at the end of the third movie, he's going to be doing whatever, does whatever a spider can just around New York, and then these other two spider people show up, and it'll be a three-way, what the fuck? Dude, well, we also, lest we can't forget that Michael Keaton is still a part of these movies as Vulture. As is Scorpion. Yes, and these were all set up at the end of these Marvel movies, so... Now, yeah. So now, as it stands at the end of Spider-Man 1 and 2, we've already got three of the Sinister Sticks now with Electro coming in. We do, and then yep. and then we've already got a Tom. We've already got a Tom Hardy Venomverse. We do. Yep. So I mean, totally. is this something that I mean? For the longest time, Sony had the Sinister Six in play, and they were going for it. So I mean, if you if if Disney has the money and they want to do this right, you reach out to Doc Ock from from fucking Spider Man Two because you've already got him. Oh, you man. turn around and you call if only you, right? right I mean what else is he doing you call around and you get James Franco who's just hanging around I mean like you bring him in as the Green Goblin you can do this especially if you're introducing Doctor Strange and you can build yourself up yeah. some kind of Sinister Six because you have <clears throat> Michael Keaton as Vulture who is going around collecting all the technology that they were using to make the weapons so you know that you know, uh, Michael Keaton as Vulture is going to be, he's technically savvy. He's kind of like an Iron Man type if you see what he yeah. was able to build. So it would only make sense that he would be able to work and build technology to help, you know, Green Goblin fly or to help Mysterio come back. And then you have Electro who's going to give him these areas and going to give him whatever they need. So it almost seems like this has been in play since 2003 when Spider Man came out. I don't know the details between the Sony Disney deal with uh, in regards to the Spider-Man property. Uh, I know it's messy because they've been having issues pretty much ever since this started happening. Oh yeah. But knowledge of their deal aside, 
they really don't have anything stopping them from going as crazy into this Spider-Verse as they want. Right. They could fucking bring back Willem Dafoe for all we know. Dude, that's what I'm saying. I mean, if you have Doctor Strange who's coming in, you have opened yourself up to this environment in this world of endless possibilities. I mean... It's just insane because, like, we have been talking and hyping on Flashpoint for so long about how that can completely change the whole landscape of the DC universe and launch this whole new pattern, while, I mean, Marvel's doing the exact same thing, just their way. And we can sit here and fantasy book this all day, and in reality, there is much more excitement to be had with what Marvel's doing with with this Spider-Man then I think what we're seeing with DC and Flashpoint once you start breaking it down bit by bit and you can pick up these easter eggs from 10 years ago that were in a completely different you know company's movies that they're going to pull together now it's it's wow and somehow Michael Keaton is involved in both of them right <laughs> thank you right you've got fucking Batman and Vulture and it's just and my, it's just yep. it's insane to think that that we are now in this 2020 year of our Lord, which is terrible, getting such of these dream casting team up movies that we've that we've been dreaming of, and dude, I'm I'm stoked, man, with Jamie Foxx. I'm stoked about the news with Benedict Cumberbatch. I'm hoping that what we hear is true and this is happening because this is a way to legit get excited about this stuff again. Yeah, and I mean, every comic book reader's wet dream is to see the versions of their favorite characters on the screen interacting in, you know, like a big team-up style. We've already gotten to see that a little bit, and you know, with the Avengers and Justice League and all that. Let's keep pushing that. Yes, on the other side of that coin, though, at what point is it going to be where we're sitting in a theater and every single name actor that we know is on the screen fighting each other? And then, at what point does it become? I kind of want to see that. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll see it for a minute or two. But at what point does it become too much, and do we get this oversaturation of things? Oh, I'm sure that's coming. That's for sure coming at some point. A lot of people already complained that it came in Endgame. Uh, who knows? But right now, you know, well, this is the money maker. Dude, comic I'm, fans are living the dream right now. So, abs- dude, and, yeah. and and deservedly, it's about time that all of these properties that so many of us got picked on or made fun of for liking or enjoying or collecting comics or caring about now it's fucking mainstream. Yeah. Now you have it's everywhere. You can't go. You can't go to a retail store without seeing something that's either Marvel or Star Wars. It's at fucking justice and places like that. <laughs> it is, man, and it's cool. It's it's cool that this stuff is cool again. That it, that it's this secular uh, of pop culture. But uh, again, on the other side, I want I want some more creativity and originality out of Hollywood too. So I'm hoping that that everything doesn't just, that these studios don't become dependent on these old properties of of comic books and these stories, yeah. and they start producing more stuff. You know, I miss, I do miss the Scorsese's, and I do miss the the Tarantinos, and I miss those kind of epics, and I'm really excited for when we can start talking about that kind of stuff again, because, like, you know, Tarant- Tarantino's making a Star Trek movie that we don't know anything about, but it's going to be a rated R Star Trek movie, and I cannot wait to hear more about that and talk about that, and, you know, there's more kind of creativity stuff, so while all this Marvel and comic book stuff, I'm like, oh my god, I can't wait. On the other hand, it's like, I kind of can wait, though, because I don't want it to be too much. And by this time next year, we're both just like, dude, we're fucking done with Marvel and DC. It's too much. We need a break. 
it might very well be the case. I mean, if, if it's anything the entertainment world is good at, it's oversaturation of something really fast. Well, they did you know, it. Just, I mean, just take a video games for a, for a second. I mean, how many World War II first-person shooters were in, like, a five-year period before everyone went, dude, we're none? Right. Modern Warfare, Call of Duty, the same fucking thing. Like, how many times? Call of Duties, Medal of Honors, Battlefields, yep. and then you had some, like, random games like Brothers in Arms. I mean, just every year there was, like, five or six World War II based first person yep. shooters and World War II is my favorite period in history oh yeah I can read and do anything but it got to the point where I was like you know what I'm done I cannot play another World War II first person shooter I just can't yeah dude no so, I, I can't either like I'm burnt out on shooter games like I really I just am and I, I know that's hard to say but I, I really am because at this point when you pick up Halo or Gears it's the same when you pick up any Call of Duty or any kind of shoot it's all the same that's why I like Doom Doom's just different enough yeah it is but it is but and like you were saying and we're gonna hit this this the saturation point I know we are and I'm terrified of it because it's just it, there's gonna be so much of it um, so I'm just hoping that they drag this out. Um, look at Star Wars, for instance. I mean, when Star Wars came back with Episode Seven, and then all of a sudden you have Episode Seven, and you got Rogue One, and then you've got a solo story, and then you've got all these movies that are coming out to the point that nobody gave a shit that they're not even making Star Wars movies now because they brought it back and just shoved it down everybody's throats. Yep, because Disney quick, was too much, fucking. Too quick. Well, Disney was just printing money, and you can't blame them. They were. <laughs> Hey, I man, if I had a money printing machine, agree. I'd do it, too. <laughs> yep, I, absolutely. I mean, that's why they bought all these studios in the first right. place, you know? Yeah, well, I'm just hoping that, that Disney takes chances um, and, and they keep investing their money wisely. I don't want them to get scared. I felt like Disney was comfortable in their zone when they did Episode 7, and then they rolled the dice and took a chance and made a movie that it, over time is going to become the best of the movies, Episode 8, and then got too scared and rolled everything back to make a warm, friendly, everyone's comfortable again, Episode 9. So if Disney yeah. learns and they keep taking risks like like it appears that they are with their casting, with their stories, with WandaVision, with that kind of stuff, they're going to be good. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And uh, while we're still on MCU news, let's move on to the next order of business. Uh, Natalie Portman, who was Jane Foster in the first Thor movie, or first two Thor movies, kind of went dark afterwards. I know there was a lot of disagreements with uh, her, between her and Disney and, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. As uh, we found out last year that she is being cast in Love and Thunder. Love or Thunder? Love and Thunder? I forgot what it was. Love and, and Thunder. Um, and Thunder, yep. And it is, uh, she just gave an interview where she confirms that the plot of Love and Thunder will be based off of the Mighty Thor uh, storyline in the comics. Now, in the comics, Thor Odinson becomes unworthy and loses the ability to lift the hammer, Mjolnir. And Jane Foster finds out she has cancer. Ooh. And uh, through, I forgot what series of events, she was able to wield Mjolnir and becomes the new Thor. And while she's in her Thor form, obviously she does not have the cancer. And whenever she turns back to Jane Foster, that's something she needs to deal with. Now, Natalie Portman and Marvel and all those you know people involved in that did not yeah. come out and say the words. They did not come out and say the words, yes, Jane Foster will become Thor. But they did say, yes, we are basing the next movie off of this storyline from the comics. So from you know what we gather from that statement yes it's highly likely that natalie portman will become the next thor at least for the movie and uh we don't know yet if it's gonna be tackling that cancer storyline what do you think of that um well interesting well i remember 
And that's why when I read this, I'm like, oh, this is cool. Like, they're going to tell us about the story. Because I remember when uh, when uh, Taika w- announced her at Comic-Con that she was going to be in the movie, she came out and picked up uh, Molnir and said that, you know, and he was like, yep, that's it. The, the mantle has been passed on, and that's what they said. No, I so, remember that, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, so when I read this, I'm like, okay, yeah, I figured that's what was going to happen. But I think that Natalie Portman is the actress who can come in and do that storyline. Because she is a phenomenal actress. She's very good at what she does. So I oh, think she's incredible. that... And right. to interrupt, let me read you this quote from her, uh, from this article. She's quoted as saying, I'm really excited. I'm starting to train to get muscles. If there can be all these female superheroes, the more of them they are, the better it is. So I mean, that's pretty much... You know, open and shut that she is going to become Thor. Absolutely, and I think that Disney would be smart to do this because aside from Captain Marvel and the new Miss Marvel company, they don't really have a strong female uh, presence with superheroes. They do. You can see them all showing up at the end of uh, at the end of Endgame with their with their like the woman's power and all the superheroes and stuff, and that was freaking awesome. But when you see that, you also Mm -hmm. realize none of these characters have mattered throughout the entire you know decades long story of this. They've all been just kind of minor, aside from Black Widow. So I think that this right here is fucking phenomenal. I'm stoked. I, I hope that they do right by Natalie Portman because, like you said, she had a bunch of problems with them and kind of the way they treated her and ghosted her and everything else. Um, yeah. So, and if anybody can do this story right, Taika Waititi is is the man to do it. And again, Great. I will give all the praise in the world to Taika Waititi. Not only do I love his movies, but like everything that I've seen about this man, just from his Instagram live videos, his the way he posts, he just seems like a good fucking human being. And you look at what he did. He took Thor from Thor the Dark World, where he was fighting the elves or whatever the fuck it was, one of the worst things anybody's ever seen, and yeah, made Thor... <laughs> Right, and then made Thor what he was in Ragnarok and gave him that comedic timing and gave us Korg and gave us just Thor, who who went from being the one that, oh, look at him, he's hot and muscular too. Fuck, that dude's funny as shit to fucking fat Thor, you know what I mean? So, dude, man, I'm stoked, man. I think that this is going to be a great story. I think that Taika is the person to do it. I'm stoked for Natalie Portman. This seems like the kind of story they wanted to go with. Hemsworth wanted out of Thor. He didn't want to do it anymore until Taika came in anyways. So, this could be a good way to kind of write him out, bring her in for like a good two-movie arc, and then, you know, kind of in that or put it on Disney Plus somewhere. Yeah, agreed. It's uh, and if anything, it's it goes to show that Disney is not afraid to adapt, you know, whatever from the comics. And absolutely, you know, I'm happy to see it. I'm happy to see it. Um, well, I mean, Disney's got to think too. Movies, uh, if you're sitting in a Disney's writer room, do you want to pay pay a bunch of writers millions of dollars to come up with ideas, or you just want to steal the ones that have already worked? Take the stuff from the comic yeah, exactly. book. That's where the fans it's, are from. They own freaking Marvel. Right, you own it. Fucking go to go into your room, look at the shelf, pick out a book, and be like, yeah, okay, let's do this one. Yeah, exactly. Dip into the well, man. I mean, these are stories that are that are itching to be to be introduced to the larger world. You know, as yeah, go for it. <laughs> I can give you twenty five I mean, more that you should make movies of. Right, and Disney has nothing to lose with this because they're gonna get fans. They're gonna have people that are gonna want to watch these. They're gonna have stories, and even if they lose some fanboys, like that's not my Thor, and that's not whatever, yeah. dude. Cool, bro. Yeah, get out of here. Nobody cares because there's gonna be a different fan base for that and that's and i mean that's yep. just it sorry right, like if you don't like it you're not the audience that they want watching anyways if you have yeah, a exactly. problem with if you have a problem with what the directors the entertainers the artists the athletes are doing you, then don't watch you're not the fan they want and they don't care yep <laughs> yeah. So, yeah dude yep uh let's move on um so it, 
it was a bad it was a bad couple of weeks for theatrical movies. I mean, a whole bunch of movies got pushed back into next year again, including Wonder Woman 84. Um, this was all kind of expected. I mean, theaters aren't exactly back to where they are, you know? And yeah. it, it looks like the direct to the, the Mulan approach is kind of still... Uh, studios are still a little wary to go straight to streaming like that. Um, but there were rumors floating around that Wonder Woman 84 is going to go straight to streaming. I mean, it makes sense rather than being pushed back all the way to 2021. But then Absolutely. Patty Jenkins came out and basically debunked that entire rumor. They, She said it's still going to be, you know, it's still going to be a theatrical release. And for for a little bit, a little part of me agrees. I mean, that's the type of movie you kind of have to see on the big screen. Absolutely. It, just, it doesn't matter how big of a projector, how nice of a sound system you have at home. It just, you can't replicate that movie theater experience. No. So I get that. But at the same time, you know, with COVID continuing to explode the way it is, I mean, it's not getting any better. And in fact, it looks like it's getting worse again. When are mm-hmm. we ever going to see this movie or the next James Bond movie or, you know, whatever? So... To me, this looks like a very, very, very smart uh, publicity uh, state public statement on Patty Jenkins' part because you want to come out and you want to say, yeah, we're still supporting our theaters. We're not even talking about of streaming. Course. This is what we want to do. Of course it is because you have theaters like AMC and Cinemark and all these companies who are floundering. They're having a hard yeah. time to stay open. I mean, you showed me this cool thing where like theaters are renting out a whole theater to a certain amount of people to watch classic movies and, you yeah, know, are yeah. like are some new. And that to me is fucking dope. Do that. I'm all about that. Um. But I had a friend that the- just did that at the local at the local Regal Theater, I think, and it was her, her kids, and like her neighbors' kids. It was like, yeah, I don't know, like twelve people. Popcorn is five bucks again, soda's two dollars, and they got the whole whole theater to themselves. Yeah, dude, that stuff is cool. I mean, like, I, I think that there's gonna be ways to do this, and this fucking sucks because we should not be here right now. And this point in October, where movies that were supposed to come out, it, it, we just shouldn't be here. And that's a discussion for another day. But this is yeah. it, Wonder Woman. Um, these movies, Tenet, all these things deserve to be seen on the big screen. That's what they're made for. Just like professional sports are made to be watched live in a stadium surrounded by tens of thousands of people. Like, that's just yeah. what they're fucking made for. So it, it's it's hard. And I can see why Patty Jenkins does not want to do this. And I agree with her. No, no I'm not doing that. We're going we're gonna, to... We're we're gonna not do that, but Disney, their their last giant theater release, Soul, which is their big Pixar one, just got told it's gonna release on Disney Plus for free Christmas Day, and that was Disney yeah. Pixar's last big release this year. So even Disney yep. knows we need to switch over to streaming. I think that Disney made a choice with Mulan because they had to make their money back because Mulan cost fucking money, and apparently Mulan did very good nowhere. So that sucks for yeah, Disney. Yeah, surprised Disney like, from what I read. Yeah, so like they expected more of it. So again, Disney learned. So I think what we're going to start to see is that next year or when these new movies are going into production, they're going to start to make movies for the small screen as opposed to everything for the big screen and then try to work it. Trolls World Tour was a great example of how if you put out a movie, you give it a price to rent it, people are going to watch it and make it for that screen yeah. and it works and and as much as it sucks that's kind of what we're going to have to do or else people aren't going to see these movies because as much yeah. as I want to see Wonder Woman 84 and I cannot wait to see it I'm not going to risk going to go sit in a theater just to go see it yeah and uh, just to clarify the direct quote from Patty Jenkins was correct 
direct-to-streaming is not even being discussed. We are still 100% behind the theatrical experience for Wonder Woman 84 and supporting our beloved theater business. And you know what? Good for her. It's just the reality of it is I just I don't see a happy ending for this. Now, I'm not saying Mm -hmm. I see a near future where theaters are gone. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, you know, with the way things are going right now, I I don't see an end in sight, at least, you know, going into mid-2021 at the very earliest. Dude, absolutely. I'm so with I don't you know, man. And it's it, it's hard. It really is, and I, I I want the best for them, and I want them to get figured out. I just don't know how it's going to happen right now. And I know that we see things differently in the Bay Area, and our <coughs> excuse me, our county is still closed, and you can't fucking do anything out here. But um, you know, other places aren't like that. So I I don't know, man. Um, Dude, stick to this and say this, but you're also going to have to be able to pivot really quick. And again, I think that until yeah. Patty Jenkins knows for sure and the studio knows for sure, there's no way she's going to come out and say anything different. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So, but yeah, it's, I, I'm just disappointed because I remember um, I, I always, whenever new trailers came out or come out, I always save them to a, a YouTube playlist. And I was going through my YouTube uh, list yesterday, you know, just clearing old shit out that I don't want anymore. And I went to my movie trailers playlist and I have the original Wonder Woman 84, uh, the original uh, James Bond trailer and everything. These were all supposed to come out in like April, June. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> crazy. All these, oh, the new Ghostbusters movie, Afterlife. What, yeah. Whatever happened to that? That just disappeared. It did. And, and, and it sucks because people are trying to, again, pivot and see what to do when they're trying to hold back and wait. And okay, we're going to release it then and we're going to release it then. And let's just say, let's just say they released all this stuff come June 21 of next year. And that's when the theater release is going to happen. Who the fuck knows where anybody's going to be June of June, you know, 2021. So then what then what do you do at that point if you can't get into a theater or we can't do that? Now you've just released this movie even farther out for what? Yeah, at some point, as long as this thing keeps on going with COVID, at some point they're going to have to pivot, like you said. They're going to have to say, okay, either this movie does not come out or it goes to stream. Right. So, yeah, I, I mean, know, that's man. where we're at. Yeah. So, so I, I, I'm bad for the movie industry, especially for Disney, because they, their parks are struggling, too. All they have right now is their Disney Plus and movies. That's it. And um, they don't they don't have a lot and it's crazy when you ask me um, about uh, oh if you watch this show on Disney Plus or that show on Disney Plus as much as I love Disney Plus and I love Disney I don't really go on there and watch any of the stuff they have on there so I mean again I'm used to those Disney Pixar blockbuster things like that not having them in theaters yeah man it's hard for them so they they are going to have to pivot I've been watching a ton of the Ultimate Spider-Man uh, animated series with my kids because that's a fucking great show and um, yeah, have- they, they recently released a ton because, you know, they're releasing movies quietly pretty much every week, and they just released uh, X2, X-Men 2. Yes. Uh, fucking Mr. Holland's Opus and Bend It Like Beckham. I love these movies. I didn't even know they were Disney properties. <coughs> Neither did I. I w- um, the, what, there was another one that showed up on there the other day that I was surprised was a Disney project. Uh, I can't remember. When I think about it, I'll let you know. But it was something I was like, I didn't know that was All fucking right. Disney. All right, cool. But um, no, dude. Yeah, so a um, lot of these are popping up. I mean, I, I'm, right. I'm, I'm certainly not complaining. The more, the merrier. Disney should, what Disney could do, or not what they could do, or I mean, an option would be to to, <coughs> to have like a tiered system where they can have like a free tier where you can go on there and watch, you know, some classic movies that they curate and everything. And then you can pay to rent 
their their bigger blockbuster movies. So you know, so like, hey, pay nine ninety nine and you can rent this movie, uh, you know, Soul on Christmas for nineteen ninety nine. You know, but you can have the Disney Plus for free, or you know, pay the six bucks a month and it includes the free movies, kind of like WWE Network does. But they're you know, get all this stuff, but you also yeah, get yeah. your pay per views. That way, they might make a little bit more money and drive people in because I think that if people had the option to rent Mulan without having the Disney Plus, then it would have been easier for them. Yeah. I, I see it's popping up now on like uh, Google Play movies and stuff like that. So it's definitely got a wider reach now. Um, just uh, we'll have to see between now and December 2nd when it's free on Disney Plus how it does. I mean, yeah. like we said earlier, it, Mulan did way better than I think anyone thought it was supposed to in, with just a Disney premiere release. So, I mean, we'll see now now that it's more available. Well, I'm hoping that that this is something that works out for them so fucking we could see Black Widow because what are they yeah, going to do with finally, Black yeah, Widow? Yeah, right. Yeah. And and you know, I understand Black Widow is a big screen movie, but take a step back and look at it. You could easily put Black Widow on Disney Plus and get away with it. You're going to have to because what are they going to do? Because, I mean, you got WandaVision coming out. Does that change anything with the story? You know, they're going to have to figure out what they're going to do. These things come out in That's true. sequence for a yeah. reason. So, who the fuck knows, man? But I really hope they figure something out. Because there's going to be a lot of time we're going to have to be spending at home. And the holidays are coming up. And I, I want them to, to, to figure out what to do with these movies because fuck I want to see them and I think that Soul coming out Christmas Day on Disney Plus is cool it's a good pivot for them it takes it out of theaters that's their big Pixar movie I can't (laughs) wait to see Soul I think that's going to be good so is that going to be their last big dump for us this year or are they going to surprise us with Black Widow or are they going to surprise us you know with something else so I'm intrigued but I'm not holding my breath for it yeah, we're all just we're all just navigating such uncharted territory now with not just movies, with every aspect of life right now. So, oh, who the hell knows? You know, they what what they say now is going to completely change in a month, anyways. Most likely, right. so we'll, right. we'll just we'll have to hang on and see. But um, let's move on with a little bit more DC news. Now we knew mm-hmm. a Green Lantern series was coming to HBO Max. I mean, that was pretty much that was pretty much confirmed when HBO Max was first announced as a thing that was coming. Yep. But now we for sure have official confirmation that yes a green lantern hbo max series is coming to hbo max and will focus on a bunch of lanterns that are not you know your main lanterns so they uh the names that they dropped and this is so exciting the names that they dropped are alan scott the original original before hal jordan green lantern yeah um they dropped alan scott kilowog guy gardner jessica cruz and simon baz now they did not mention, you know, your big three, John Stewart, Hal Jordan, and Kyle Rayner. I'm mm-hmm. sure they'll be a part of it, but maybe not like, you know, main characters. But the one thing I want to bring up right here, the one I'm most excited for is uh, Jessica Cruz, because uh, are you familiar with her character at all? No. Her and Simon Baz are co-Green Lanterns. I mean, their their series focuses on the two of them, so it's not just her or and it's not just Simon. But um, Jessica Cruz has a special place in my heart because she suffers from anxiety. And that is something that has been brought up a number of times in in the comics. In fact, uh, there was one issue of Green Lanterns from, I want to say 2016, 2017, where the entire issue follows one day of her life struggling with anxiety. And that really, really spoke to me because... I've been diagnosed with a panic disorder, and as you know, you know, 
private conversations between the two of us, I've been having a pretty rough two weeks with my anxiety, and it's yeah. it's really cool to see something, to see a character like a Green Lantern struggling with the same thing, and it represented with so much class. You know, yeah, it wasn't yeah. like, ha ha, you're a freak, you have, you have anxiety. It wasn't like that. I mean, it actually explored her inner thoughts over the course of an entire day, dealing with this. Dude, that's dope, dude. Well, I, I think that we might, and I'm hoping that we're gonna see more of this, of more of this coming out, especially now because there are so many more people out there who are coming forward about struggling with depression, anxiety, all this other yeah. kind of stuff, and and to be able to see somebody like that who's going through this crippling anxiety to be able to overcome it and become a fucking a protector, you know, and become a lantern and just kind of give people that hope. I mean, I think that that's dope, dude. I think that that that's great, and I hope to see more stuff like that. That's really cool. Yeah, the green, the green power ring, for those that aren't familiar with Green Lanterns, is the power of willpower. So the fact that you have someone struggling with general anxiety disorder, but is still strong enough internally to wield, you know, a willpower power ring, is kind of yeah. a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. But Guy Gardner well, I mean, was announced, and uh, a lot of people are excited about that, because Guy Gardner is such a dick, and he's, he's you know... Just picture Deadpool's personality, but as a Green Lantern. <laughs> oh, that's amazing! Yeah. Oh, Guy that's Gardner's so favorite cool. Of a lot of people. Yeah, dude, that's he, dope. He's just well, a I... complete asshole. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just Ryan Reynolds. I absolutely love it, dude. Hey, so so this is dope, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something real quick. And I think I texted you this, and I told you about this. So now that mm-hmm. these DC shows are coming over to HBO Max, I started watching that Harley Quinn show. Holy fucking shit is that Isn't that show, great? It is great. I did not expect it to be that over the top, that gore, that R, that TVMA. I am yep. blown away with how good it is. It is dope as shit and it's cool to see that adult style animation. So, after talking with you and watching this, uh, watching that, I am super stoked for this show that you just told me about and it's on the notes, but I want you to tell everybody about Invisible Man. Because is that what it is? Invin- Invisible Man, right? To Amazon? No, uh, Invincible. Invinci- okay, Invincible. That's what I thought. Invincible. Invincible Man. Because that trailer that you showed me and that over the top hyper violence and gore kind of stuff is exactly what has a hard time translating from page to screen. And I am fucking yeah. stoked that they have that. Like, that is dope as shit, man. So. I'm excited that HBO Max is doing this with the Green Lantern because I feel like it's going to be really, really good. And if it's anything yeah. like what they've got with um, with the Harley Quinn show coming out or what or what I've seen with the trailer you showed me that Amazon is doing with Invincible Man, I'm, I'm excited for cartoon comic book shows going forward. Yeah, exactly. And I'm glad you brought up Invincible because I completely forgot to put that in our notes. But um, the first trailer for Amazon Prime's Invincible dropped and... That I, I was telling you the other day that Invincible is a uh, image comic series that ended uh, two or three years ago. I think after 150 issues or so, it is in my entire history of reading comics probably one of my top three comic series of all time. And when it ended, I actually felt I actually felt like I was walking away from friends. You know, Aww. these are characters I weren't I, I wasn't going to be able to read about again and things of that nature. Um, Long story short, Invincible is about a, uh, a teenager whose father is the world's most powerful superhero, Omni-Man. And um, once he becomes of age, he gets his powers and, you know, he joins a team with a bunch of characters like, you know, Adam Eve and whatnot. And it turns out that Omni-Man 
is actually like the emperor of an alien race that um, is supposed to be taken over Earth. The only reason why Omni-Man came to Earth in the first place and married a human and had kids and everything was to ingratiate himself into human society in order to learn and then later take over, you know, take over Earth to become part of the new Viltrumite Empire. Is that kind um, of like ego? I'm not going to give away planet? any spoilers. Huh? Is that kind of like uh, something that Ego was trying to do? The Living Planet from uh, Peter Quill's dad going through planet to planet, pregnant people? Try- uh, I guess not really. Be- basically on a larger scale, yes. Just going yeah, okay. becoming part of the society and then taking it over. Yeah, okay. So cool. um, I'm not going to give away any spoilers. Obviously, a lot of stuff happens. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's equal parts humor. It's equal parts like an X-Men team-up comic. Equal parts, you know, father-son relationship. It's, 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 it's a really, really very complex comic and I'm really glad to see it come I originally thought it was going to be live action when they first announced this project but you know I guess it's not going to be I don't really care they already have live action like the boys and all that so that part of my uh, need to see a hyper adult comic book on screen is kind of already taken care of Dude. but um, for anybody who's a fan of Invincible check it out man It's a, the trailer's already up you can YouTube it it is if you're familiar at all with how violent the comic is it looks like this show is definitely taking a page from that dude I forgot about the boys because I've watched the first season and I'm waiting for the <laughs> second season but when you were talking about hyper violence I forgot the part where they blow yep. up the invisible man holy shit that was some of the oh, funniest the second shit season I've just seen. ended so you can binge it now Yes. Oh, shit. Did you ever watch The Tick on Amazon? Of course. Okay. My God, dude. The first season with the giant naked man and The Tick. I, I, I mean, I'm pretty <laughs> sure we talked about it before, but, dude, Amazon Amazon is not... They should get more props because that Tick show was fantastic. Um, did you ever see uh, Jean-Claude Van Johnson? <laughs> no. Okay. Let me but blow your mind awesome. for a second. It is an Amazon Prime show starring Jean-Claude Van Damme, and the story goes is that Jean-Claude Van Damme is a fake name. His real name is Jean-Claude Van Johnson, and the reason Jean-Claude Van Damme made all these shitty movies is because he's secretly an undercover spy that goes into these towns and assassinates dictators. So that's why he's always filming these shitty movies. So it's starring Jean-Claude Van Damme, and in the first scene, the first episode, he's going through and he's getting into these fights with all these people, and it's all in slow motion. He's like, I trained for this, and he goes to do a split, and he can't because he's out of shape and fat, and he gets stuck, and then in slow motion, he gets a hidden head with a baton. He's like, my name is Jean-Claude Van Johnson. I bet you're wondering how I got here. And it tells you this whole fucking story of Jean-Claude Van Damme going from being this. This is a prime show? Yes, and, and they canceled that for the first season, and it, and it shouldn't have, but it's got hyper-violence, it's got explosions, it's got Jean-Claude Van Damme playing multiple characters. He's playing like this impish, nerdy science lab, kind of this weird, funny... I don't know how to explain it, man, but I've watched the series <laughs> over twice, and it's some of the funniest stuff that I've seen, and the fact that Amazon canceled it pisses me off, man, because... It's Jean-Claude Van Damme like you've never seen him before. He's comedy. He's killing it. It's absolutely amazing. Dude, I've got to put that on my list. That sounds absolutely in fucking incredible. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, it, it is. Right, it's so good. It's, it's great. Check it out. Jean-Claude Van Johnson. Everybody needs to see it if they haven't. It is great. Will do. Definitely will do. Uh, let's move on to some video game news. And I'm looking at our timestamp right now. We're, this is probably going to be our shortest episode. 
Dude, that's what I'm thinking too, which is kind of upsetting, but it's been a slow news week, and you know what? It's okay, man. It's okay. Yeah, so I would love to, you know, have you guys listen to us for two hours each episode, but, you know, it is what it is. Who knows? But, it could hey, still you know what, though? We still got time, episode. and I still have a lot of shit that I want to talk about, so let's not give everybody's hopes up. I think we're going to end soon now. Oh, show. <laughs> First, let's talk about the Xbox Series X. Now, there was a tweet that came out last week that the, uh, I forgot who released the tweet, but they were like, oh, the Series X gets crazy hot if you hold your hand over the vent. I mean, the guy was like, it gets so hot that it burned my hand. Yeah, I was yep. trying to remove, you know, I think I think it was the memory card or whatever. And so, of course, that blows up all over social media saying the Xbox Series X is basically going to function as a heater in your home and it gets super hot and da da da. And then everyone kind of took a step back for a second. The, the first on the one hand, everyone was like, OK, this was kind of an overreaction because my unit has been fine. And, you know, people have been comparing the heat output of the xbox one versus the series x and they're like yeah the xbox one actually gets hotter so let's not make too big of a deal out of it and number two people are saying well duh it's sucking in air and blowing out you know the hot air of course you're going to feel heat if you hold your hand over the vent that's how it's supposed to function so it looks like that was just you know that was just clickbait um it doesn't appear to get any hotter than your normal you know whatever your normal xbox one or your normal PC tower. And, you know, between Sony and Microsoft, these are multi-billion dollar companies. I think they know how to make a tower that extracts heat and doesn't oh, burn your house down. Absolutely. And these also aren't, like, finished, completed units either. These are still not completely done exactly. units. So if they're, they're going to be heated, it's going to be heated. But also, I found multiple people who have come out and they said, look, man, I've played this thing. I've touched it. It gets no warmer than anything else. It doesn't get hot. Yep. It doesn't make any noise. You guys are going to be fine. Quit overreacting. So, I and trust they're both it. quiet as hell from what I've seen. Dude. Oh, I've seen videos of you know people. Um, I think I sent you the tweet of a dude who turns it on, and you can see like the whoom, the Xbox come on. There's no sound of yeah. the console. There's nothing else. Exactly. There. Like you, and the same with the PS5. Like we've seen the videos of people playing Astro's Playroom. Silent. That's what I've heard. Just silent. And that to me, oh, oh, oh. That's all I got. Silence. Now granted, now granted, none of these people have had their consoles long enough to actually have, you know, the fans filled with dust and pet hair and stuff like that. But yeah. you know, I, I have hope for this. I mean I, I the PS4 I have an OG PS4, like a launch day PS4, so not a pro. And that thing is loud as fuck. I, I I've I've completely taken it apart cleaned everything out put it back together and it's still loud as hell so honestly you talk about next gen with fast loading times at 120 fps and all or uh yeah fps and all that i'm just excited for a quiet console dude absolutely man and 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 i don't even mind the heat like really because i haven't seen them get hot which which to me it doesn't fucking matter as long as it doesn't overheat and fucking destroy and blow up it that's then it's doing its job but dude i'm yeah. with you that silence is golden man my ps4 pro sound when i turn it on like you don't realize how loud it is until you turn it off it really is just as it sounds like a fucking jet engine and it is loud so well, loud. it's gotten to the point now where i'm playing a game like i don't know let, let's just say last of us 2 i'm trying to think of something really graphics intensive so we'll say Last of Us 2. I'm, I'm at the point now, because I live in an apartment complex, where I have to make a decision. I can't hear shit because of the fan. So I either need to pump up my speakers super loud and annoy my entire unit, 
or I got to put headphones on. And that's normally not a big deal, but when it was the middle of July and August and it was 111, guess what? I don't really want to put a big set of headphones on because I'm already sweating. Yeah, it's already fucking hot, dude. <laughs> so I'm dude, so really like- happy to hear that this is such, both of them, that these are such quiet systems. Like you said, the heat doesn't really bother me. Uh, I- I mean, I'm, fuck. I'm looking at my living room right now. I have a 65-inch TV. I have three consoles. I have a PC tower. My, my apartment's already filled with heat devices. I mean, it's not going to be that big yeah. of a deal to add another one. No, dude, exactly, man. So I, I, I'm not worried about it. I just think that it was it's, it's, to get some clickbait, to get some people yeah. to tinker with it. Because Xbox is not going to release a $500 system that blows out heat like a fucking exhaust. They're just not. PlayStation is yeah. not going to do that. Um, But... Which is crazy, because speaking of the heat and stuff, when you saw the PS5 teardown video, um, when they were taking it apart, first of all, that thing is yeah. fucking massive. It is Dude, amazing. is it ever. I didn't think it was that big, unless they got a little man working it, but that thing is fucking big. So Even if um, that was a little look, guy, even if that was a little been. guy, that's still a big fucking console. It is, man. And um, but you look at the cooling system that they have inside of it and the liquid metal that they're using. Okay, I understand why it's That's big right, and why yeah. it's quiet. Like, dude, completely understandable. And I've seen the Xbox tear down too, and it seems like most of the space and what they're using in there is for the exhaust ports and for the heat fans and stuff like that. So yeah. they know what they're doing. <coughs> um, so yay to them. But back to what we're talking about. Sorry, I lost my train of thought there. But the PS5 that tear down video man has got me more excited for the PS5 than I am for the Xbox. And I keep seeing all this stuff about the Xbox and their backwards compatibility and the games they're going to have and the stuff you can play, but there's just something about that massive PS5 and that white look and those games that that I just want. And and all the stuff that I'm excited to play is The Last of Us 2 and you know in fucking in uh in the 4K HDR 60 FPS just seeing all that it's what I'm excited about and uh, we were texting the other day I can't find many first gen games that I'm excited for but I'm just excited to play that PlayStation and hold it for the first time <laughs> yeah exactly and did you see how easy those white panels came off they absolutely are going to release third party customization panels I, I just know it Oh, 100% when that thing just went, I was like, yep, they're going to have a black model. They're going to have customizations when they have games that will release. They have like a carbon PS5. fiber one. Right. God of War collection. Dude, yeah. I think that's dope because it gives you a whole customizable aspect to your system. Why not? And speaking of the teardown video, when they showed the uh, expansion slot for an SSD drive, it, it's, you know, a lot of people were wondering, is it, you know, what SSDs are we going to be able to use? We already know it's going to have to be an NVMe. Um, SSD drive, but it looks yeah. like it can accommodate pretty much any size. There's a screw hole for every available size NVMe yep. SSD drive that you can think of right now. So you're not going to be, you know, Sony still has to release their list of quote unquote approved drives that'll handle the speed and transfer rates, read and write rates. But it looks like pretty much any size you can think of that meets Sony specifications, you'll be able to pop in there. The only downside would- is, you know, the speeds that they're yeah. requiring are still super expensive right now. Right now. I wonder if I wonder if Sony learned their lesson when they had to do the those the their uh, their proprietary memory cards with the PlayStation and the PlayStation Two. You had to put them <laughs> in and take them out and stuff like that for the save your games and stuff. And they sucked because you could only do the PlayStation ones. And the same problems they had with the PSP, you could only use like their Sony memory stick. The memory oh, card didn't work. PSP and the Vita, I remember that shit. Yeah. 
So, like, yep. you know, I'm hoping that it's not going to be an expensive proprietary thing where it's just like, hey, you have to have this $300 one. So, mm, I don't know. But the right fact now that they're it doing is. that... Right now mm-hmm. it is, because there's only like five drives out on the market right now that can handle the read-write speeds. But that's right now. I mean, in a year, in two years, that could change very quickly. Yes, but like we were talking about too, though, there's really no reason to do that unless you just want those games and you don't want to wait a few minutes to offload them from a normal, you know, two terabyte yeah. external hard drive. So like, and even I mean, from what we've been seeing, the, the transfer speeds have been ridiculously quick too. They have been even from even from a USB drive an external drive. Now, granted, if you're using an HDD instead of an SSD like I am, I mean, you're still looking at pretty pretty lengthy load times. But a lot of the stuff like Quick Resume and features like that are done on the GPU side, not off of your um, off of your hard drive. So you'll still be able to see some benefits if you're playing. I don't know Ghost of Tsushima off of a hard drive. But the thing that the thing that concerns me is. Yes, they are going to have expandable storage, like they've, you know, for both consoles and everything. And yes, for now, we're okay because we still have a large library of backwards compatible games that we can play mm-hmm. off of an external. My concern is moving forward, games are only going to get bigger, and pretty soon we're going to stop playing our old PS4 games, just like I don't touch any PS3 games anymore. At some point, right. it's going to be strictly PS5 and Xbox Series X games. And once you that mean point you're hits, not, you're. You're not going to want to play a PlayStation 1 disc in your PS5 if you're going to throw a fit? You know, if I could, I would still play something like Gran Turismo 1, but no, I'm not losing any sleep over it. But um, <laughs> at some point, we're getting to the point where we're all only going to be playing PS5 and Xbox Series X games. And when that yep. day comes, expandable storage is going to be a huge problem if the price has not dropped. But I wonder, though, if Xbox and PlayStation is going to go to more of of a, of a Stadia kind of streaming service where you're not downloading it so much. Because with the speeds and the processing powers of these new game systems, you could do that. Because when you do PlayStation Now, you can just stream the game without having to download it to your console. Yeah, but the Internet still sucks for most people. Well, it does, but I mean, but I'm talking about three or four years down the road from now as opposed to now. So, you know, it could be one of those things where that's where they're heading, just like they have their all digital, all that kind of stuff down yeah. the road, as opposed to having people, you know, you still have that option. Yeah, spend up however much money to expand this and do this, but we're kind of pivoting towards this. I think for sure by the next console, that's the direction they're going to take, but it looks like with this upcoming generation, uh, with the PS5s and Series X, I, the, the way that it's structured and the way these consoles are made, it still looks like they are for sure, you know, focusing on hey, everything needs to be stored locally. I think for yeah. sure you're 100 percent right. The future moving forward, everything is for sure getting pushed towards a streaming thing. But streaming is only as good as your internet speed, and most of the world still has really fucked up internet, which is really surprising yeah. to me. It's 2020. That is true. Like you would think that they would have more, <laughs> like better internet speed, but and better internet for everybody. But you know, hey, fuck, sucks. <laughs> Especially with everybody so, working from home. Now, well, not everybody, but you know, a lot of a lot yeah. more people working from home. You would think, I don't know. You just would think. <laughs> you you would think, but um, no, of course not. But dude, I I I am again. I'm looking forward to this. I can't wait 
to the next gen to get here. We're less than a month away, 30 days yeah. exactly, till Xbox One, 32 days until PS5. It seems like when the pre-orders went live in September and we both ordered these, we were saying, Jesus, these are never going to get here. It's going to take forever. And we're already in the middle of October. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm like, oh, shit, this is happening a lot faster than I thought. So um, I also think that uh, – I texted you the other day too. I'm hoping that – and we talked about this – that they do have another – event plan for Xbox and PlayStation, which of course they do. I think um, they but they're going to release something hopefully in the next week about when it's going to be, because I yeah. need to see more about next-gen games. Don't get me wrong, I'm excited about Game Pass, I'm excited about what PlayStation and Xbox has shown us, but aside from Miles Morales, a tease for God of War, and a few of the, um, you know, like the Halo and the stuff that we're not going to get, I don't have anything that makes it mandatory for me to plug this thing in, aside from setting it all up, that I have to play day one. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, Especially they need to show me that's more. that's not cross-platform. Absolutely. Like, I'm excited for Love Avengers. Like, I'm exci- like, in, like I said earlier, I'm more excited to go back and replay the games that I have now to make them look better. Um, like, Marvel's Avengers. I'm not going to go back and replay it. I've already beaten it. Great story. But I'm not going to replay it or touch it until the PS5 is coming out. And I think that... Yeah. There are a lot of other people who are doing that because if reports are true, like a, a Marvel's Avengers players have dropped off almost seventy percent. Can you blame them? Beaten. I mean, even I've stopped playing. I, it's the same shit. It's the same two Abomination and Taskmaster clones. It's the same three or four, you know, vaults that you go through. They just—I I yeah. know there's more coming, but my God. Right, so like for me, I'm gonna wait because I'm excited to see how that looks and replay on the PS5. I haven't finished yeah. The Last of Us Two yet because it's gonna play better on the PS5. Same. So I'll just fucking wait. I mean, I'll wait. I'll pop the disc in and I'll finish the game there. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima. I haven't finished them yet either. I'm still yep. waiting just a little bit longer because I want to see how it's gonna look. So you know, well, they I just am... confirmed that Tsushima is gonna be running at 60 FPS with with a variable uh, resolution rate um, on the PS5 in in boost mode. So that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And, and oh yeah, that's the thing too that they announced they're going to have their boost mode. So all these PS4 games, most of the PS4 games that you've purchased over the past couple of years are going to work well in boost mode. Well, the only ones that only ones that are specially made to run better in boost mode. Now, from what I understand, it's only going to be a handful of games. Probably you know games like Sushima, um, mm-hmm. Last of Us Two, so the things like that. And it has to be games that have the option to have a variable um, resolution and FPS. A lot of games lock their FPS to 30 or 60. Those games won't benefit from a boost mode because they can't, you know, yeah, because well, it's designed into the code that this is where you're locked at. Some games, I don't know off the top of my head what, uh, I assume Ghost of Tsushima is one of them. Some games, they have unlocked FPS, where you know, so it can go yeah. as high as you want. So it'll depend on the game itself. Right, well, and I think, too, with the PS4, there's a lot of these PS Pro Enhanced games. <clears throat> yeah. That, you know, that had that, and there's a lot of older games, and like the greatest hits and stuff that are able to do that. So getting the games like the Uncharted series and all that kind of stuff, and the PS Plus Now Classic, is that what it is? PS Plus Collection. All those games Collection, you know, are yeah. the ones from the, yeah, the past couple of years that are going to look great um, with that new setup. So, dude, Did I, you hear I, you the know, report on Assassin's Creed Unity? No. You remember that one? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I remember that. I didn't hear the, the one in France. So Assassin's yeah. Creed Unity had, had a... It was a great game. It was a great story. It was absolutely gorgeous. And it was incredible how they designed crowds. That was the big thing that stuck out out of any Assassin's Creed game. Just the sheer amount of people in a crowd that you could walk through was insane. But the problem was 
that game was way too ahead of its time in terms of what it could accomplish technically. So it came out for PS4 and Xbox One, but neither system could handle it. That's why the FPS was so bad when you were playing it. It sometimes dropped down to like 15 or 20 when you were in a big crowd. And at that time, even with a really beefy PC, it still struggled to hit, you know, like a set 30 or you forget about 60 at that point. So there was a report I read the other day where a guy was playing through uh, Assassin's Creed Unity uh, backwards compatible on the, I believe it was the Xbox Series X. And he was saying, wow, I've never seen Unity like this before. We finally have a system that can handle Assassin's Creed Unity the way it was meant to be played. Because now he's playing it. It's still locked at 900p because that's just how it was designed. It had to be locked Mm -hmm. at 900p. But now he's hitting a consistent 60 frames per second, even in crowded scenes, which has never been able to be done before. Dude, that's nice. So he's saying now he's like, you know, I'm playing the ultimate version of Assassin's Creed Unity, the way it's supposed to be played. And I'm actually it's like playing it for the first time again. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah. So that's what these new systems can do for older games, even without, you know, an upgrade patch, for instance. I mean, a lot of these games will run better. Oh, absolutely. Like uh, Witcher 3, for instance, like I've been talking to you about Witcher 3. I've only played it for like two hours, yep. so I want to play it. So I'm gonna, I've started playing it. Fucking so much fun. But like, I can't wait to see with all of that stuff what, what that game can look like on the next gen system. How that's going to look when yeah. that patch rolls out. How much better it's going to be because right now it's great. It's a beautiful game. But I now I'm just like, I'm going to hold out for a few more months, even though that patch isn't going to be there to give it everything. I just know that when I put that disc into the Xbox One a Series X, it's going to look better. It's going to play better. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, same thing with Borderlands. I, I, I stopped playing Borderlands 3 because I know on launch day, I believe on launch day, they're getting that upgrade patch. And it's going to run at a consistent native 4K 60 FPS. Now, I don't know if you've played Borderlands 3, but you know how they have the performance or the resolution mode? Yeah. You pretty much have to play it in the performance mode. And even that is not hitting 60 FPS consistently. If you play it in the 4K resolution mode, it's like, what, 20 frames per second? Yeah. That's unplayable. Well, that that's the hard part when you have a lot of these games that tell you that. Like, oh, do you want to do the resolution or performance? And, you know, nine times out of ten, it was like, oh, resolution, resolution, let's see how it looks. But then the frame rate drops down, and then you're like, ah, oh, God, it didn't look that good. So, through a, yeah. Mm, so that's what I'm see, excited man. about. I'm, I'm excited right. about not having to have to choose. Right. And, you know, I think that that's going to be... It's just... There's just so much to be excited for. And I and and yet we don't even know anything. And that's that's the hard yeah. part. Like, I'm waiting for these embargoes to be lifted so I can hear about these first-party games. Or so Xbox can show me more. Or so these, these gamers who have gotten these Series Xs can tell us more about, like, hey, here's how it plays. I mean, I know how the quick yeah. resume works and how fast it is through five games that are last-gen games off a of Game Pass. But show me how quick resume works if I'm playing three brand-new games on the Series X that, my, that you know, my kids are playing Monster Hunter, we're playing this. You know what I mean? Like, let me see that. Yeah. Totally, totally. Um, let's move on to audio. Now, PS5 is making a lot of waves with their 3D audio, uh, their Tempest audio, that they pretty much is baked into the system. So, in theory, it's supposed to work on any headphones and any speaker mm-hmm. set you have up. Now, that's that's true, but you're not getting the entire experience on launch day. Now, uh, PlayStation, in their blog, uh, revealed that only headsets will be able to take advantage of 3D audio on launch. Having 3D mm-hmm. audio on your TV speakers is going to come at a later date, and they did not say when that later date was. So 
when we get the PS5 in our homes, you know, on launch day next month, the only way we're going to experience 3D audio is going to be with headphones, which, you know, for now is fine. As long as I know, you know, 3D audio virtual surround sound is coming for, you know, my Sonos speakers later on down the road. Mm-hmm. I'm cool with that. It's not like I can well, blast my speakers anyways, so... Right. Well, I think that that's smart for them to kind of hold that off because there's going to be a lot of people who don't even have 3D audio set up yet. Like, I've got Dolby Digital DTSX, so, like, I get that 3D virtual surround sound from the soundbar. But unless unless the shows have it set up or, like, it's one of those good, like, new Dolby sound sh- uh, shows, you don't really get to, get to appreciate that. But this is also smart on Sony's part so they can sell their headphones and let people know, like, hey... Yeah. You're going to want to either get our headphones or the ones you have. Don't go out and buy a brand new sound system. Don't invest all that yet. It's not there. Just wait. And I kind of think that's that Sony's the thing smart about to this, do that. Though, that's the thing about this, though. In theory, from what Sony's telling us, once they do roll out 3D audio for you know TV speakers and sound bars, in theory, mm-hmm. it should work on any of them. Because it's at the system level. You don't have to buy an Atmos soundbar, for example, you know, like with Dolby Atmos. You should be able yeah. to, like, I should be able to use my Sonos Beam right now or even my fucking TV speakers right off of my Samsung TV. And it should give you that virtual surround sound. I mean, from what they're In saying, theory. it should, especially because it'll work with any pair of headphones that you put up. And it's just yeah. the way um, either a PCM or a bitstream that they push through and how the sound's compressed and how <laughs> your audio output device decompresses it and all that kind of stuff, which which cool, man. So, yeah, you're right. In theory, it should work. So um, it might just be something that they haven't quite pinpointed yet for the system that's as easy as just pushing a yeah. pass through and having it turn on, which is fine because, you know, for me, I use I have Lucid Sound LS35X headphones that I wear. Um, they're made for Xbox One, but they plug in and they work, and I can get 3D surround sound out of my PS4 right now. So for me, yeah. that's awesome because that's exactly what I need. Like so that they're going to give me that from day one because that's how I have to play most of my games. Like I said, can't hear very well. So yeah. the fact yeah. that I'm going to be able to get 3D audio out of the headphones that I have now and don't have to invest in more—that's dope. So yeah. I'm hoping that in theory this works comes out sooner than later because I do have this nice DTX digital soundbar that I want to be able to have 3D sound when I am playing games in my living room, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. And I, I believe uh, Xbox has their version of virtual surround sound too, but we we haven't heard as much about it as we have uh, Sony's Tempest sound, so we'll have to wait and see how that works. Um, I'm really hoping the Xbox One is not Atmos because Atmos is, you know, you gotta have an Atmos device in order to benefit from that, so... I'm hoping their surround sound, or our virtual surround sound 3D audio is also at a system level that they can push out to you know any old pair of headphones or soundbar. But we'll have to wait and see. We don't know anything about it yet. Yeah, that's how it is. I don't think we know anything about it. Um, but, I mean, I know that they're pushing Atmos now on the Xbox because the reason I got yeah. the headphones was because they have Dolby Atmos. And, you know, and apparently it's going to come standard on the Xbox with their HDMI 2.2. So they're going to push through the better sound and stuff. So I'm hoping, like you said, that it isn't Atmos because Atmos isn't plug and play. Atmos is you have to pay to play. You're restricted. And that's kind of. Yeah, and it's a pain in the ass. And while it does sound nice to be able to have the virtual sound that's 3D coming out of the soundbar without having to have Atmos works for me. I'd I much rather prefer yeah. that. <laughs> exactly. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, the last order of business we have on today's episode is a huge one for me. Um, anybody who knows me pretty much since high school knows that my favorite band of all time is and has always been Van Halen. And, you know, I've gone through their good and bad. You know, David Lee Roth, Sammy Hagar days. I loved both of them. 
I really didn't give two shits when Gary Sharon jumped on for that one out, al- uh, the his one album. Even though I bought that album anyways, just cause. <laughs> and um, you know, Van Halen's had that rocky history. They're one of the legendary breakup bands of all time in rock. And um, I, I just, you know, a huge part of my life has always been waiting for the next Van Halen album. And we just found out this last week that Eddie Van Halen passed away at the age of 65 due to a long battle with throat cancer, which, you know, we knew about. He, he's been battling that for, what, like a decade now? Yeah. The dude yeah, smokes. I mean, he, he smoked like a chimney. So, um, you know, not to... And whatever. Anyway, so he passed away. Um, huge void in my musical life. I mean, music is a big part of me, and... Like I said, Van Halen's my favorite band. How many times in my life have I, you know, from being a kid all the way to now, jumped around playing air guitar pretending I was Eddie, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, how, it's- how, how many how many guitarists has Eddie influenced since he first, you know, debuted in 1978 with Van Halen 1 and everyone heard Eruption for the first time? And then we uh, heard him on Michael Jackson's Beat It. And yep. just, my God, I mean, this guy was an absolute Titan, not only as a rock star, but in terms of his technique, you know, yep. his musician, his musicianship. I mean, this guy was a true guitar virtuoso and um, he's gone now. We're not going to be getting any more Van Halen albums. And um, I guess they did go out on a high note with 2012's. Uh, I forgot the name of the album, actually. <laughs> what was it? A Sound of Thunder or something like that. But, yeah, um, man, it's it's a, it's a tough one, and you know, music and stuff like this for him to be able to carry over from the '70s all the way through to today and still be able to touch people is, is phenomenal. Um, and it just speaks yeah. to the reach that that music has. Um, that's the same with Tom Petty. Like, I I love Tom Petty. To be able to see Tom Petty live um, uh, at Napa Bottle Rock tour a few years ago uh, before he passed yeah. away was crazy to see. You know, kids in the audience who were nine and ten singing "Free Falling" with people who were in their fifties and sixties, and you know, that's just yeah. something that. That you really only see with music. You really only see that cross-generational gap with music every now and then, you know, like a Star Trek or a Star, whatever it is. But it's only with music. And to think that somebody like Van Halen, um, his music was able to affect you and touch you, man, that, that's that's crazy over all these years. It's just, and you know, it, it, it's Van Halen. They're never going to be mistaken as a Rolling Stones or a Beatles or, you know or like a Tupac or anything like that, they're never going to have that kind of cultural influence, but they're one of those bands that just were always there, you know? And yeah. everything they released was just, it was, it was the new Van Halen song. I don't know what else, you know, how else to put it. It was the new Van Halen song, and it was awesome. It's like ACDC. They're just there, you know? Yeah. ACDC is never going to be confused for Led Zeppelin as being, you know, as, as being mutual musical virtuosos, but they're there. They release a new yeah. song every year, and it's awesome. So. Ooh, absolutely, and 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 ACDC is one of those bands that can travel, and whenever you see them, you know you're going to get a show. You know you're going to have a fun. Dude, good I went show. to their concert Same. in 2010, and it was so good. No, dude, my dad. I haven't got to see them alive. My dad has. Um, I've seen Motley Crue. I've seen um, Alice Cooper. I've seen ZZ Top. I've seen. Uh, I've seen nice. Kid Rock. I've seen Tech Nine. I've seen Eminem. I've seen all these people, and. Um, Man, it's just it's just crazy, you know, music and how and how cool it is and what it does and just that that impact and the effect that it has, man. Yeah, so rest in peace, Eddie Van Halen. You were a big part of my life. Thank you for all the songs that you know I still love to this day and will love for the rem- for the rest of my life. So I'm yeah, very absolutely. sad that uh, that he's gone. Do you know what? His music and memory will live on forever, and that's that's pretty badass. Yep. 
Sure will. And, you know, even without him being alive, there will be generations of kids first learning to play guitar who are going to want to learn Eruption. Absolutely, because Eruption was what made me fall in love with the guitar. First time I heard that. Dude. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Amazing. So, Fucking amazing. So, so thank you all for listening. Uh, it, it ended up being a decent length episode, I guess. It wasn't the shortest. Um, Dude, but, I ain't even you know, mad about that. You know what? Everybody, yeah. they got enough of us for today. Yeah, and we all got shit to do, so. Absolutely. Yeah, so uh, you can follow me on Twitter at ToneZone81. Josh? You can get, get me at JoshAndrew66. Yep, and uh, if you guys like the show, go ahead and hit subscribe on any of your favorite you know, podcast listening platforms. Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon, we're on all of them. Mm. And uh, again, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, y'all. Leave us a review. Let us know that you're out there. We appreciate the fuck out of you guys. Thank you so much. And have a nice day, and we'll see you in two weeks. Later, Gators. Gators.